probably by now your Bibles are just flipping open to that section we've been in uh, this letter for some time. If uh, you are visiting with us today, uh, we are working our way through this letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Been going through it verse by verse, and today we're going to talk about uh, what God has to say to children and parents. Listen to verses 20 and 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Let's pray. Father, as we come to the scriptures this morning, help us to be open to what it is that you want to say to us today. I thank you for your word again and how it speaks to all areas of life. And for those of us that are parents, we want to do this well. We want our kids to know you. We want our kids to love you. And we know that that means that we need to set the pace and walk with Christ so that they might see Christ in us. So help us to hear what it is that you want to say to us this morning and to apply it to our life. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to a passage like this this morning, I know that some of you are right in those years where your kids are young and they're at home and this is very practical for you. Others have come to the stage in life where maybe you're past this. Your kids are growing and you look back on that time with fondness and maybe you have some questions and wonder, do we do this right? Or maybe I wish we had done that differently. Maybe you're grandparents now and you're looking at your grandchildren and you're praying for them. I think for all of us, even if you're here today and you're single or you're not married, you know, you have nephews and nieces probably, or you have cousins and others that you know, and you could take things from this passage and you could apply to those relationships in wanting to pray for and encourage those that you know who are parents or are children that you have contact with. Because the task of parenting is one of the most challenging and rewarding tasks in life. I think you'd agree with that. It's challenging. Every child is different. You know, what maybe works with one doesn't quite work the same with the next one. Um, They have their unique personalities, and some of them uh, you'll find that the task of parenting might be quite easy, and with others it might be quite daunting, quite challenging because of their personality or strong will. And the years themselves of parenting go by very fast. I know that for those of you that are working with infants and toddlers, it may seem like it's forever. Those years of preschool, you know, it seems slow because you have to do everything for them. Just getting to the store, getting them in and out of car seats takes so much time and all those kind of things that it's different. I know that period goes slow. But once they start school, each year seems to accelerate, trust me. It just seems like it goes faster and faster. Is there more activities that they're involved in and you're kind of running to keep up and take them here and there? And you see them growing and you see their interests begin to develop and it's a great joy. But parenting is also a task for which we get very little training. It's kind of interesting in that way. It is so important, but unless we seek it out, there's not a lot of training. I mean... People have children, bring them home from the hospital, then what? And we sort of assume that parents are going to know what to do. If you've grown up in a solid family where you had parents who loved each other and loved you, you have a head start on it because you learned from their example. But sometimes people have grown up in homes where things weren't so good, unfortunately. Maybe there was neglect or 
abuse or maybe there were parenting skills that weren't so good. And so you come to this task of parenting and you wonder, how can I do this? I've, I've come to know Christ. How can I do this in a way that honors Him? What's it, what's it mean to be a dad who's a Christian father? What's it mean to be a mom who loves the Lord? And how do I pass on my faith to my children? When I was sitting in on the parenting seminar last Saturday, you know, I was thinking about that. I thought how, you know, stuff like this should be required for every parent. You know, it's just, I mean, we need it. We need to learn from others who've gone before us. Uh, we shouldn't be ashamed or afraid to talk to other parents or grandparents to learn things. On how do you handle this or how would you do that? Because we all need to grow in this skill of parenting. So we're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, it's important that we understand what God has to say about the family and about our role as parents. And we're going to start first by addressing the children as the Scripture does here. What is the duty of children? Well, in verse 20 it says that children are to obey their parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Now just stop, step, step back a little bit and think about that. And kids, I'm going to be talking to you in this message, so I want you to listen and maybe take some notes or think of how you can apply this today. But isn't it amazing that... Here is a verse that's directed specifically to children. God is a word for children. We know that the Scripture, all of Scripture, speaks to kids as well as adults, but here God is saying something specifically for you. You are made in His image. You are a unique individual, and you are morally responsible to Him. And from a very young age, God begins to speak to your heart and His Holy Spirit is at work tugging in you or prompting you to do the right thing. When I look back on those years for me growing up, fourth grade was a really significant year for me spiritually. I had a really good Sunday school teacher that I enjoyed and it just seemed like God was doing something significant in my heart, awakening my spirit in those years. And I began to read through the New Testament for the first time on my own. started to read through the Gospels and some of these letters to the churches. And I just was taking it all in. And it was that summer that I came to know Christ as my Savior and Lord. And I look back on how God was preparing me, making me hungry or thirsty, and where my faith became something very personal to me. And I say that because, kids... You know, in those elementary years, you can start to read through the Bible on your own. You can learn what it means to have a quiet time or to spend some time in God's Word each day or to pray. You can do it with your parents, but you can also do it individually. And God is going to speak with you. And He's going to challenge you. And you're going to be taking steps of faith even as a child all along the way where you will continue to grow in your understanding of Him. I want to encourage you to do that. The children, the Bible says here that you are to obey your parents. And the word obey means to listen and to follow their instruction. To hear, to really listen to what it is that they are asking and then to do that. And to do that even cheerfully. Now sometimes that's very easy to do. Now, there's a natural desire on the part of kids to want to imitate and follow their parents' example. You know, you've probably seen the picture of when uh, in the summer, you know, a dad's out mowing the lawn and then there's the little guy behind him with the toy mower pushing it right behind, you know? There's a desire to do that. 
or with uh, girls following their mom, you know, and seeing mom maybe working in the kitchen or doing some stuff, and she wants to be right there. You know, how are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Or like our sons were always asking me questions. You know, why, Dad? Or why do you do that? Or what's this about? Because they want to learn. And so in some areas, it's very easy and natural to do that. But kids, I know that there are other areas where it's not quite so easy to obey your parents. Uh, Maybe you're watching a television show that you really like, or you're playing one of your favorite games, and mom and dad say, hey, you need to come to the table, or it's time to do the homework. And maybe it's not quite so easy to leave that at the moment. And yet you need to. It's part of learning discipline in your own life of putting first things first. Or learning to do your schoolwork and be responsible for that. Or maybe you have chores, responsibilities around the house that are your assignment to do. Taking out the trash or setting the table or making your bed. Things like that. That are all part of growing up and learning life skills. And the scripture says, children, obey your parents in everything. In all of those areas, whether it's helping around the house or being respectful to authority or using good manners or going to church, whatever it may be. Now, I know that in the secular world, there are those who would hear a verse like that and they'd kind of cringe. Children, obey your parents in everything. Because their mind thinks of situations where children may be abused or mistreated or molested even. And they cringe at that. And when Paul writes these words in the Scripture, the context is a Christ-centered family. And Paul does not envision a Christian parent asking their children to do anything that would be hurtful or wrong for them. That's the context, and we need to hear it that way. If there is a home where there are things going on that are abusive or where children are being mistreated, then that's another issue that we've got to address and talk about. But Christ's heart here is that children be honored and loved and respected themselves. And so they're growing up in this environment that is good and wholesome, and in that environment, they are to listen to their parents in every area of life. And when children do that, the Bible says here that it pleases the Lord. It pleases God when children obey their parents. Because if they learn to respect their parents and follow them, they are also going to apply much of that to their relationship with God. And we learn how to follow God and how to obey Him and do what is right. In Ephesians 6.1, it tells us that when children obey their parents, it is the right thing to do. It pleases God pleases the parents, but even others notice it. I mean, you've probably had that experience where you've visited the family of, of someone who has a lot of kids, or you maybe have seen them in the restaurant or at church, and when you see a group of kids, children in a family that are just so well-behaved or so well-mannered, I mean, it just, it just makes an impression upon you, and you notice that. Uh, you may have also had the experience, too, where times when you go to a parent-teacher conference, you know, if your kids are in the public schools here and you meet with the teacher and the teacher tells you these wonderful and glowing things about your child and you go, is this the same kid? That No, no, and it's really nice to hear that, that outside of the home that they are practicing those things that you are trying to teach them about manners and good behavior and being responsible. It pleases the Lord. 
And when children obey their parents, you are also following the example of Jesus. It says in uh, Luke chapter 2, for example, in verses 51 and 52, that Jesus went to Nazareth with his parents and he was obedient to them. And Mary treasured all of these things in her heart, all of these experiences that were going on. And it says of Jesus that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, this one who was perfect and holy without sin, listened to his parents and was obedient to them. And he grew in his relationship with his heavenly Father. He grew in wisdom. He grew in physical stature. And he grew in favor with God and with men, people around him. That's how God wants us to grow as well. All of these things are for our good. And ultimately it's in the context of the family that we learn how to live in the world. We learn obedience. We learn respect. We learn discipline. We grow in our relationship with God and with one another. And I can't think of a better context in which to learn those things than in a Christian family. And children who are here, when you are growing up in that kind of home, you are going to see the fruit of that the rest of your life. I mean, I know even um, as our kids have gotten older and they have related to friends and they've seen different home and family environments, increasingly they are so grateful for the home in which they grew up because of really the... um, foundation that that is laid for their life and for their marriage and families. Christian children, we are to honor our parents too. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 verses 2 and 3, it says honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. To honor means to hold in high regard or to value and respect them. And here is this promise that God says that if you will honor your parents, I will honor and bless you as well. It comes back in so many different ways. So how will you apply this instruction? I want you to think about that, kids, and I want to give you maybe some suggestions in that regard. You know, when we talk about these things from the Bible, it's not just so we can gather information and go, well, that was kind of interesting today. It's meant to change the way that we live. And so I want you to think about one thing that you could do today or this week to apply this part of the message for you. Maybe it means simply you want to go home and you want to thank your mom and dad for how much they love you or for their example in your life. Maybe there's an area where you haven't been quite as prompt in your obedience and you say, okay, I'm going to work on that, I'm going to do that. Uh, Maybe it's getting along with your brother or sister or treating them with kindness. Uh, Maybe it's you have some chores or responsibilities and you do them without being asked. You just say, can I help you or can I do this? Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep that between you and God as a secret that you're going to have with Him. And then I want you to just do it and see if your parents notice. Okay? You can take that and you can work on some of these things and and, uh, just see if your parents notice a change in a specific area that you want to work on today or this week. Well, we're going to look at the other side, the duty of parents. And the greater responsibility falls upon us here to raise our children in a way that honors God. 
And the command here is addressed to fathers because they have the primary responsible as the head of the home. But both parents, both mom and dad, are involved in this particular task. What's interesting here to know is that in the Roman world, children were basically treated like property. It's sad to say that, but in the Roman world, the father had all the rights, and he could even sell a child as a slave if he wanted to, or he could discipline them harshly. Punishment was up to him on what he wanted to do. And it's sad, the kinds of situations in which many children grew up then, and sadly, sometimes today as well. And the Scripture comes along and it changes that. The Scripture puts parenting in the context of the Christian life. And so all of what Paul has written in verses 1 to 17 about these kind of rules for godly living apply to parenting. And specifically, when you look at verses like 12 to 17, where it says that we are to put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, that's how we are to parent. I mean, all of those qualities, you know, uh, expressing that kind of compassion for our children or kindness toward them or humility in our own weaknesses and, uh, and uh, limitations or areas where we may be blue and need to grow. All of that needs to come through. We are to raise our children in this environment of humility and love as we seek to point them to Christ. The Bible tells us that children are a gift from God. We heard that verse from Psalm 127 read in our parent-child dedication today. Children are a blessing from Him. They are not an inconvenience or a burden. And it's sad that in our world today that there are those who kind of view children that way. There are some people who get married and they don't want to have children because they feel like it's going to interfere with their plans and desires and they'd rather just live their life on their own that's not how God views children God loves children and they are indeed precious in his sight we see that in Jesus example when he welcomed the little children in his arms and he blessed them just like we did in the parent child dedication but we also see it in Jesus warning concerning children how much he cares for them in Matthew 18, verses 5 and 6, he said this. He said, whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. I mean, what a, what a blessing there is. If you're involved in our children's ministry or Sunday school or Awana or things like that or caring for little ones in the nursery and you welcome those children and you love them in the name of Jesus, it is like welcoming Jesus himself. He values that. But to those who would mistreat a child, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. I mean, think about that. I mean, that, that's a pretty graphic picture, isn't it? Take one of those heavy millstones, got a hole in the center, you put a rope through it and a rope around the guy's neck, and it would be better for you to die than it would be to cause one of these little ones to sin. And I think about that in our world where there are those who molest children, those who abuse them, those who entice them into drugs or bring them into prostitution. It is a horrible thing. And God cares.
cares about that. And he sees, and one day he will judge the world in those areas. God loves the children. He cares about you. He wants you to grow up in this kind of Christian environment in which your parents love you and are helping you to learn these kind of skills that are going to prepare you for life. So he speaks to fathers, and this will be true for mothers too, and he says, do not embitter your children. In the parallel passage in Ephesians 6, it says, don't exasperate them. To embitter means to provoke to anger. To exasperate means to cause to lose heart or to give up. Now, how does someone do that? How might we embitter our children? Well, if we discipline them in anger, it only makes them angry themselves. They don't get it. They miss the whole point of what this discipline might be about. If you are simply angry in doing this, and sometimes as a parent, if something made you mad, you need to step back. You need to say, okay, maybe the child goes to their room, or maybe you say, we're going to talk about this later, and you work it through first. So that your heart is right and your tone is right even when you correct. If there's constant criticism or negative speech and a child feels like they can never measure up to your expectations, they may become exasperated and lose heart or give up. If there's no love in the home, if there's expectations that are unreasonably high, the child becomes discouraged. Even John Newton, you know, the, the man who wrote Amazing Grace, who lived this kind of vile life before he came to know Christ, said of his father, he said, I believe that he loved me, but somehow it seemed that he didn't want me to see it. And what a sad deal that is if kids feel like, I, I think my parents love me, but I'm not sure, because they don't really show it. It is so important that we love our kids and tell them or embrace them or tell them when they have done well and we affirm and encourage them. Dorothy Nolte put it like this in her, her poem. You may have seen this before. That children learn what they live. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn. If they live with hostility, they learn to fight. If they live with ridicule, they learn to be shy. If they live with shame, they learn to feel guilty. But if children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If they live with tolerance, they learn to be patient. If children live with praise, they learn to appreciate. If children live with acceptance, they learn to love. If children live with approval, they learn to like themselves. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If they live with security, they learn to have faith in themselves and others. If they live with friendliness, they learn the world is a nice place in which to live. And it's good for us as parents then to step back and to examine our own lives every now and then and say, what are our children learning from me? What are they learning in our home? What are they seeing modeled in me? And if they see those qualities and are hearing those words that are affirming and encouraging and loving and build them up, they will do the same, most likely. Ephesians 6.4 puts the emphasis on the positive side of parenting. When it calls us to teach and train our children, we are to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. To bring up means to nurture or raise. To train, that involves uh, discipline and correction at times. 
And then instruction involves teaching and showing them how to live. And all of this is to be done in the Lord. And you can think about that. I mean, how as parents we need to do all of those things. I mean, we want to have an environment in our home that is nurturing, that's an environment of acceptance where our kids feel good about themselves and know that we love them. But there are going to be times when we are going to have to discipline and correct them. That's part of it. That's how we learn and grow and learn boundaries, and that's healthy. But on the other side, the instruction also means that we're going to have to teach and show them how to do things. I think about parents who desire their kids to be involved in music or sports. I mean, uh, it's real easy for us sometimes to take the time to do that, to coach or to show them how to dribble a ball or, or play baseball or play those kind of games that we enjoyed as a kid. If they're involved in music and you don't know how to play piano but you want them to learn, well, you'll hire a music teacher or you'll have somebody... Uh, teach them how to play the piano or another instrument. And those things we think about and we just do it. But what about in other areas of life? What about spiritually? How do our kids learn how to pray? Or how to have a quiet time or study the scriptures? We don't want to simply put that on to others to teach them. We want them to see that in us too. And so it's important that as a family we pray together or we read the scripture and we talk about it or maybe it's at bedtime. I mean, those were great times when we would share stories and talk with our kids. But there's also life situations that come up all through the day. It might be something that's on the news you talk about. It might be something that's happened to a friend of theirs or happened at school or in a relationship. And you begin to take the Scripture and you apply it to life situations. And you pray about that with them. Children learn then that church isn't something that's just Sunday. My faith isn't just one day of the week, but it affects every area of life. And for that to happen well, we need to be growing ourselves continually in our relationship with God. And what about those life skills that we want our kids to learn before they leave home? Things about how to take care of the car or to do things around the house or to manage finances or to be able to make good choices related to even their uh, choice of food that they eat or choice of activities they're involved in or when they get up or when they go to bed, all of those things that are just life skills. It's important to be intentional about teaching and preparing them in those areas too. But that takes time, doesn't it? It takes time and thought on our part. We are to teach formally and informally. During the day, uh, when we get up, at night, when we go to bed, whenever it might be, we can have those conversations and encourage our children. As I was preparing for this message, I ran across something I had in my notes that had actually come from the National Institute of Mental Health. Not exactly a Christian organization, and yet I thought these things were so good when we do them as under the Lord. What they did was that they surveyed 50 parents who had, quote, successfully raised their children, who had become well-adjusted, positive adults. And they asked them, what do you think were those things that contributed to your children doing well? Now, I'm going to give a kind of a side comment here first before I share these ten things. Uh, A month ago in Christianity Today, there was an article about the myth 
of perfect parenting. You know, none of us are perfect that are parents. Sometimes we set the standard so high we can't measure up ourselves and we think that if we blew it or missed it in a certain area that, you know, that's going to leave lasting scars in our children. That particular article addressed the myth that even if you do everything right as a parent, children still need to make their own choices to follow the Lord. And it's really up to them when they hit a certain age, what are they going to do? Are they going to walk with Christ or not? And no matter how well you do things, you can't absolutely guarantee how a child is going to turn out. They need to make these choices to follow Christ too. But are there things that we can do well that can help them on their way? Definitely. And I think these ten are worth considering. What these parents shared was, number one, they said, love abundantly. The most important task in parenting is to love and really care about our children. This gives them a sense of security, belonging, and support, and it smooths out the rough places. Secondly, discipline constructively. Give clear direction and enforce limits on the child's behavior. And put more of the emphasis on do this instead of don't do that. As much as you can, keep it positive in terms of the instruction and discipline that you are giving. Third, spend time together. Play with your children. Talk with them. Teach them. Develop a family spirit and a sense of belonging by doing things together. I think of family traditions or memories that you build that are just so important in the future. And we would ask our guys, what were the things that you enjoyed most about our family growing up? And invariably it would go to things that we did on the holidays or all of them would say those camping trips in the summer. Just going out camping where they knew that they were going to have mom and dad for a certain period of time and we were going to be with friends and do this were just wonderful memories that they have of time together. Fourth, give priority to personal and marital needs. I think this is a very important thing that um, I fully agree with. In fact, it was some a counsel that Gail and I received when we were young as parents. And they, uh, one of my uh, professors at the seminary talked about, don't make children the center of the home. If children grow up thinking that everything revolves around them, they're going to carry that over into life. It's not all about me. Children need to learn that in this family, you know, we work together. And we are in this, you know, to grow and help one another and serve one another and do that. And so as parents, you need to give priority to your marriage, that that marriage is healthy and you're growing, and to your personal walk with God, that you are growing in Christ, and that you're modeling what it means to love God and to love people and to serve others. Because in that kind of environment, children learn a healthy balance. If you make them the center of the home, they can begin to think that everything in life revolves around them. Fifth, teach right from wrong. Train children in the basic values and manners of society. Help them to treat others with kindness, to show respect, to be honest. Set before them personal examples of moral courage and integrity. Read from biographies or, or talk about other Christians that have influenced you as a role model. Help them to see those examples of courage and integrity so that they learn to do the right thing in their life. 
Six, develop mutual respect. Treat children with respect. Say please and thank you to them. Apologize when you are wrong. Treat them as you would want yourself to be treated. You know, in these two areas of teaching right from wrong and developing mutual respect, it was interesting that one of the commentators that I looked at this week, F.F. Bruce, godly man, uh, he talked about the value of teaching manners to our children. He said in so many areas it seems that if we teach our children good manners, many other things follow along from that. If our children learn simply to say please and thank you or can I help you or to speak with respect to those in authority, many of the other life issues or discipline issues are kind of solved. I mean, if children grow up with a rebellious or bad attitude and that's not corrected, or they have a disregard for authority, that's going to spill over into their life and in their behavior in so many other ways. Just teaching children respect and good manners makes a huge difference. Listen actively. When they want to talk, give them your full attention. Listen to them. Look them in the eye. Hear life through their eyes. Think about what's going on in their friendships or with school or their homework or other things that they're involved in. And kind of put yourself in their place and listen to them. It shows respect. Offer guidance. Don't nag and be brief when you are correct or in those times of instruction. Early on, we learned a phrase from Chuck Swindoll that says, don't kill a roach with a shotgun. Uh, that's, that was good for me uh, because, you know, as a teacher, I kind of wanted to give a lecture once in a while. It would feel good, you know, to maybe get that out yourself, but they weren't listening. Keep it short. Don't kill a roach with a shotgun. Nine, foster independence. Gradually allow children more and more freedom or control over their lives. In our home as kids, as our sons demonstrated responsibility, they were given more and more freedom. Because ultimately you want them to get to that point where they leave home that they're going to make good choices on their own. So you need to encourage that independence and taking steps and then talking about life together. And ten, be realistic. Expect to make mistakes. Be realistic about yourself that there are going to be times when you're going to maybe miss it or do it wrong and you got to go to your kids and you say, I'm sorry. You know, like when you watch a sporting event and you see sometimes where the referee flags the second person, you know, didn't get the first person that committed the offense but sees the retaliation sometimes as parents when you're breaking up an argument with your kids, you maybe missed it and you got the wrong kid. And you need to go and say, I'm sorry. Be realistic, too, about your children. Ask things of them that are appropriate for their age and don't expect too much when they are young. Don't expect them to act like an adult and everything. Those are good principles, aren't they? Good things that if we would do that in the context of the Lord, in the Lord, I think that would be very helpful for our parenting. You see, the best environment for a child to grow up in is a home where there is love and discipline and there is acceptance. And the kids know that and feel that. So children, what's your assignment? What are you going to do today or this week? How will you honor your parents? What are you going to work on to uh, apply this message in your life? And then parents, likewise for you, what will you do to help your children grow in the Lord in all areas of life?
And maybe there's one particular area that you want to focus on and talk about together that you can do and then work on that over the next 30 days or so. All right, let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we want the word that you have shown us in Scripture to be relevant to our life today. And we've tried to do that this morning as we've talked about different areas of life that this relates to. But I pray that you would give each of us our own assignment today. What is it that you want us to take from this message? Help us to love our kids, our grandchildren. Help us to pray for them. Help us to model what it means to know Christ. And for the kids here, I pray too that you would see the value and the joy that comes from living in a home where you honor and respect your parents and where they love and honor you. What a privilege that is. You are greatly blessed. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name.